Welcome everyone to the 13th episode in the Adelant podcast series. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Victoria Wadsworth and I'm the Associate Vice President of Brand, Business PR and Customer Experience here at Agilent Technologies. Like most companies, at Agilent, we're often asked about who we are and what we stand for. These podcasts address who we are as a business by discussing the values and themes close to our heart and the hearts of our customers. In each of our podcast episodes, we investigate a special theme with the help of three experts, all with their own unique points of view. In this episode, we're exploring a hotly debated topic, indeed in the US and globally. I'm talking, of course, about cannabis. To set the scene, I spoke to a government contractor in Colorado. Where cannabis growing is entirely legal, but still, as I was about to find out, no simple process. I am Caitlin Urso. I'm a small business environmental consultant for the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. Hi, Caitlin. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Could you start by telling us a little about the work that you do? I'm essentially a free environmental consultant for small businesses in Colorado. My current industries that I focus on are commercial cannabis, craft brewing, and large data storage facilities. I help with compliance with environmental regulations, technical assistance um, for efficiency and pollution prevention opportunities. I do sustainability audits and recommendations. What is it about the industry that makes it a challenge to monitor? The industry is so new, it's growing rapidly, and they don't really have many environmental reporting requirements. But like I said, when you bring it indoors, you sort of amplify the energy load, you amplify the waste load, and, and even the, um, you know, the plants produced just because you're shortening that time frame and increasing production. So there are some independent you know, voluntary environmental data collection efforts that exist out there. So what kind of considerations have to be made in the cannabis growing industry from an environmental perspective? There's the cultivation of plants, and then there's the product processing, more of a manufacturing process to the the industry. So on the cultivation side, at least for marijuana, Plants are mostly grown indoors, and for indoor cultivation, you have a really high energy load for lighting and HVAC. Then also from cultivation, there's plant waste, Then there's also some hazardous waste sometimes. I know there were concerns in Colorado about whether cannabis cultivation contributes to air pollution, given the strong smell that growing cannabis emits. I'd be fascinated to hear more about that. As the cannabis plant grows, it naturally emits odorous terpenes. That's also what gives the plant its its smell. Um, And those terpenes are volatile organic compounds or VOCs for short. The reason why we care about VOCs, especially natural plant VOCs that aren't um, a threat to public health or the environment in and of themselves, we're worried about the secondary reaction that happens with those VOCs when they're released into the atmosphere. Because when they're released and they have the opportunity to react with nitrogen oxide emissions in sunlight, they form ground level ozone, which is our number one pollutant of concern here in Colorado. So I conducted a study to collect air samples um, at four different commercial cannabis facilities to try to establish a VOC emission factor for cannabis cultivation. 
So the question was kind of posed because we assumed that because you can smell all these marijuana plants in downtown Denver, that there would be a large emissions point and that there would be an influence on ozone. Um, our nose tricked us essentially. It's just high odors. They're not, a, they're not a threat to human health or the environment. Very, very low VOC emissions um, from the plant and little to no influence on ozone formation is essentially what we found. So if it's not air pollution, what's the biggest environmental risk of cannabis growing and how can that be addressed? Yeah, so the heaviest hitter is energy by far. And so if you switch to LED lights, you're automatically going to get that energy reduction per light fixture. They use a lot less energy. However, they generate also a lot less heat. And so you kind of get that twofold benefit with switching to LED lights. You not only bring down your energy load from your lighting, but you're simultaneously bringing down your HVAC load as well. From your perspective, Caitlin, how could environmental efficiencies potentially be overcome in relation to cannabis cultivation, of course, in countries and states where that legal status is granted? And so with marijuana, because of the regulations and also our environment, uh, we grow it essentially in, in down to our downtown area, um, which creates a highly synthetic environment. You've got those, those the energy loads, um, the nutrient loads, you know, everything that we talked about today. So allowing for outdoor cultivation um, and then being able to ship to different areas of the country will allow us to grow the plants in the most efficient areas, similar to any other agricultural commodity. Like I said, oranges or almonds um, are a great example. Um, they just don't grow here well. And so if we could grow them in an area where they do grow well, we can cut out a lot of the environmental inefficiencies of creating these highly synthetic environments. Thanks so much, Caitlin. It's been great hearing from you out there on the frontier of this evolving industry. You're welcome. It's been wonderful to speak with you today. Hearing Caitlin talk about the impact of regulation or lack of it and how it impacts cannabis growing made me interested to learn more about how it affects cannabis research. This is an area Agilent is actively involved in. So for my next conversation, I turn to one of my colleagues. My name is Dr. Anthony Mascheron. I am a strategic technical scientist with Agilent Technologies. I joined Agilent in 2008, where I've been focused on life sciences and chemical analysis. And for the last five plus years now, I've been almost solely focused on the development, the deployment, and the support for all things cannabis testing. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, Anthony. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Firstly, why is it so important for Agilent's customers to test cannabis and hemp-based products in today's market? Well, the primary purpose for testing these products is to ensure their safety and for compliance with local regulatory laws. The regulatory framework is quite a diverse mix across regions. Across the United States, every state has its own laws regarding the use of cannabis for either medicinal or recreational purposes. And there are some states where such use is completely prohibited. Really what it comes down to is ensuring that these products are safe, compliant, and you know, quality controlled. So how has the market evolved over the last five years in some parts of the world to meet the current testing regulations? 
which focus more on the safety of cannabis and hemp-based products. Over the past five years, we've seen more and more localities, regions, and countries enact laws and regulations to permit some use of cannabis or hemp, be it for exporting or growing or for production or medicinal or recreational programs. In the United States, the enactment of the Farm Bill legalized the industrial use of hemp. It's about more and more localities addressing the regulations and how to perform the testing. There's also the evolution of the regulations as they pertain to certain testing. Certain states may add more pesticides or they may lower the action limits of certain pesticides in the products. Thanks, Anthony. So in your experience, what are the common challenges that cannabis and hemp testing labs often face from a day-to-day -day workflow perspective? I think the primary challenge for many of these testing laboratories is the myriad of products that are presented to them. There is flour and plant material, cannabinoid-infused products like a gummy bear or something else. You could have aqueous beverages like sodas or seltzers that contain certain cannabinoids in them, and the list goes on and on. So sample preparation for all of these can be very, very challenging. And how exactly does Agilent Solutions support customers who are involved in the cannabis and hemp testing market? Here at Agilent, we have endeavored to create a full product line that supports all of the workflows required for cannabis testing. The Agilent people that are supporting this market space, from the application scientists to the service engineers, the salespeople, and all of the other organizations within Agilent have immense expertise. I think that's really been the differentiator for us, along with the fact that we invested a lot of time to create analytical methodologies that were quite different from what everyone else was doing. It's one thing to meet the challenges of today, but everybody wants to be in business, not just for today, but for years down the road. And that's what we focused on. Thanks for sharing your experience with us today. Finally, I wanted to speak with an Agilent client in this space to hear about the challenges and opportunities firsthand and to find out how Agilent are supporting them. Hi, my name is Justin Inken. I am the CEO and co-founder of Quantum Labs, an analytical lab testing company in Odense, Denmark. Thanks for joining us, Justin. I'd love to hear a little more about why you started Quantum Labs. Sure. So Quantum Labs was founded in 2020. Um, right towards the end of 2019, going into uh, into 2020, by myself and my co-founder Connor Murphy. You know, having moved to Denmark from the U.S., we're both originally born and raised in the U.S., but living in Denmark, seeing that there was a huge need in the cannabis industry with regard to quality control lab testing. And what that meant was there was an opportunity for for really reinventing the way that quality control labs interact with the the laboratory services part of the business. And as European cannabis producers begin to grow and develop, they really have a need for, for this um, strategic guidance or, or collaboration, if you will, with the lab testing partner. So if you're getting in at the ground floor of this new field, I suppose there's more of a chance to shape the way things are done than if you were joining a more established research category. In the process of building um, quantum, we've been able to really make some some great strides in challenging what has what is currently being done and and how can we do it better? And I think that that's something that you know it's not only happening in the Danish industry or the Danish cannabis landscape or the Danish pharmaceutical industry. It's, I know for a fact it's happening globally. When we sit down with our customers, the first question we ask them is, 
you know, where are you finding the biggest frustrations? The questions that are continuously asked time and time again is help me understand what I need to do to adhere. It's, you know, I need help. And I think when you look at, you know, our customers and, and our expertise is really found in being able to give those rock solid answers and time and time again, point customers in the right direction and, and act as that subject matter expert. How much is medicine the driving factor behind your work and the direction of the cannabis industry overall? I see the, the industry really developing in, in a very much biotechnical, biotechnological sense in that pharmaceutical products derived from cannabis will be, um, will be branded according to their form factor capabilities or their delivery method capabilities. Um, so driving forward true biotech development, I think is going to happen within the European cannabis industry. And ultimately the manufacturers will, will steer towards uh, true pharmaceuticals or they'll steer towards more uh, medical cannabis or hemp-based product development. Which, which you know, in, in both sense, really is 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 asking for a true subject matter expert, a true partner, a true collaborator on the laboratory testing side, which we believe just doesn't doesn't exist right now. But as well as filling a gap in available partners, I guess there's also gaps in regulation and protocols to address, right? Quantum was born on the basis of helping fix the holes that currently existed in the industry. You, know, you have regulators that are putting best practices in place, but at its core, these are these are requirements that are quite broad. So I think one of the things that we really pride ourselves in is sitting with our customers and, and helping understand the requirements that they need to meet as a producer of, uh, of, of cannabis-based pharmaceuticals. And that's something that you know really is totally lacking. You know, you're talking about a cannabis-based pharmaceutical with, with hundreds of compounds. You're talking about something that truthfully doesn't have any true backing to it. There's really no strong clinical evidence or strong clinical trials to support. But that means the laboratory needs to step in and really step up to the plate to provide that information because that's what's going to drive decision making. So how do we at Agilent support you as you're looking to create solutions where none have previously existed before? When I look at our partnership with Agilent, we truly do have someone who sees the industry the same way as we do. The support that we've gotten from Agilent, you know, is driving forward not only cutting edge analysis with some of the, if not the most innovative technologies in the world. And as quantum breaks into new markets and uncovers new analytical uh, methodologies, right, you have a technology partner that's sitting next to you, sparring on the method development, sparring on the configurations of highly, highly sophisticated technological equipment. And as we see our growth from a company perspective, we know and, and are, are consistently reassured um, by the team, both here in Denmark, but also globally, that there is such a willingness from Agilent to grow and develop with us. That's great to hear, Justin. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Talking to our guests today, I was struck by how much their work was pushing the frontiers of this emerging industry. So much of our work is supporting long-standing sectors with well-established processes. So this was a great reminder that when we explore relatively new territory, we have an opportunity and a responsibility to create as much as to support. With so many unknowns, it was great to hear how Agilent and our partners are setting about providing answers 
not just about the safety of cannabis itself, but also how to handle such a sensitive but vital field of research. I'm Victoria Wadsworth, and I hope to see you for our next episode very soon. Agilent products and solutions are intended to be used for cannabis quality control and safety testing in laboratories where such use is permitted under state or country law.